time is finite. And so it, it makes it of essence because it is so finite. It, it was a great time in my life, but it was only four or five years that I was in college. Um, it was a great time in my life, but it was only six years of my life that I played professionally. And um, though I did not think about every day that you know, I only got four or five years of college or you know, my time may be limited in the pros, I think it's important for you to think about that as an entrepreneur because it makes you savor every day. It makes you savor the people that you have the fortune of potentially employing. It makes you savor the clients that you have. Welcome back to the Earfluence Podcast Marathon, live at our studio at Raleigh Founded and presented by Raleigh Magazine. This next podcast showcases what makes NC State different as a higher education institution and what makes the Pool College of Management specifically unique. Here's the host of the Pool Podcast, Chief Marketing Officer of the NC State University Pool College of Management, Jenny Hammond. <sighs> crowd goes wild. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Yes, welcome to the Pool Podcast. Um, this is a definitely a think and do conversation. And our normal podcast, we typically have um, a faculty member and a an, member from the industry to talk about some business trends. But I'm fortunate enough today to have a very special guest, NC State alumni Terrence Holt. Hey. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, we, um, we have a lot to talk about today. Sure. Um, but for those that might not be as familiar with you, I'd love to kind of give a little bit of a background on sure. you. I'm sure you've heard this many times, but I think it sets the tone of kind of the conversation we'll have today. So Terrence is an alum of NC State, and he's also president of Holt Brothers. Terrence is responsible for creating, communicating, and implementing the mission, vision, and overall direction of the Holt Brothers business. He leads business development efforts and is instrumental in strategically building the company's profile in the region. Impressive. Yep. Under Terrence's leadership, Holt Brothers Construction has grown significantly since its founding. Through independent pursuits and in partnership with large firms, the company has expanded their client base to include new private sector clients who share Holt Brothers Construction's commitment to create an environment of inclusion for other small minority and women-owned businesses. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Sure. Along with his brother, Tori, he also oversees the Holt Brothers Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting children who have a parent with cancer. Prior to starting Holt Brothers Construction, Terrence is probably mostly known, mm -hmm. having played for six years in the National Football League as a defensive back, and during his college career with NC State Wolfpack, he earned first-team All-American and first-team All-ACC honors. Sure. That's a lot. Uh, it's something. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> it, it, it gets me tired every time I I'm hear sure. people read it. But. I'm sure. It's quite impressive. Well, our our podcast today, hopefully, I we talked a little shot before this sure. began. and. sure. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know, I'm in a house kind of divided anyway. My sure. husband's a huge NC State fan. My son's a huge NC State fan. So they gave me as much information as I could handle this gotcha. morning gotcha. about all things Terrence Holt. Sure. I'll be sure. honest, I'm probably not going to remember a lot sure. of it. Oh, but don't worry about it. <laughs> but today we're here to talk about really your brand sure. and, um, you know, your um, experience in the entrepreneurship. Sure. Um, you know, we focus a lot on the entrepreneurial spirit sure. in Pool College and Today, I just really want to introduce our listeners to some of the things that you've encountered as you started this um, path and passion, really, sure, of the sure. work that you do at Holt Brothers. So let's start from the beginning. So when I was doing my research with you, um, Holt Brothers is really kind of a huge conglomerate. Sure. We've got Holt Brothers Construction, mm -hmm. Holt Brothers Football, mm -hmm. and Holt Brothers Foundation. And Holt Brothers Development. And Holt Brothers Development. Yes, All right, I yes, missed one. Yes. So maybe from a 30,000 foot view. Tell us a little bit about that and sure. kind of how all that came to be. Sure. So Hope Brothers Inc. is the parent of to all of those entities that you mentioned, Hope Brothers Construction, uh, Hope Brothers Development, Hope Brothers uh, Football, and uh, Hope Brothers Foundation Inc., which is an affiliate company of ours. And what we wanted to do was we have multiple interests mm -hmm. and uh, we wanted in uh, kind of counsel with different folks uh, we needed a kind of a, a, a arm for all of those different entities. And so we set up an S-Corp in Hope Brothers, Inc. to house all those different LLCs. But Hope Brothers, Inc. is the management parent company of all those different interests uh, that we have. And so we're most active uh, in Hope Brothers Construction and Hope Brothers Foundation. Hope Brothers Foundation was founded 
prior to any of our business interests. So it was founded in 2000. So we're now running almost 21 years supporting kids and families affected by cancer. And so uh, that was sprung by uh, us uh, going through uh, our mother um, being diagnosed with cancer in 1986 and, uh, and ultimately passing away in 1996. And so we wanted to do something for kids and parents who went through a similar uh, situation um, and give them uh, some support. And so we founded Hope Brothers Foundation to provide uh, kids and families affected by cancer uh, support through different programs. And some of those programs include Kids Can, mm-hmm. which we're happy uh, to, uh, to, to state our partnership with area hospitals like UNC Rex, uh, Duke uh, Cancer Institute, and then Alamance Regional Medical Center, which is now owned by Cone Health, and having partnered with them to house our Kids Can program. And then we have a national, um, a, a partnership with a national organization called Camp Kesem, uh, that is, uh, from a microcosm standpoint, a sleepaway camp for kids whose parents have cancer. So, uh, you know, Hope Brothers Inc. Um, was just born out of interests that we have. And, and uh, I, not to interrupt you, but I was sure. doing some research and I thought it was interesting. Gosh, it might have been Raleigh Magazine. Sure. Several years ago, they did a great story on you and Tori. And, and I think they phrased as well as so you guys, you kind of could have ridden off in the sunset after sure. your NFL career. Sure. I'm sure you made enough money you could sure. have, but there was an itch to come back sure. and do something. And I read that you were thinking about real estate, thinking about construction, and you landed in construction first because you felt that there was, there was a gap. There was a gap. Yeah. yeah. And Talk about there that continues a bit. to be a gap. Um, there, there are, few and far in between of minority-owned firms um, that um, um, that work in our particular market in the um, uh, state of North Carolina, but it's not just the state of North Carolina or Raleigh-Durham or uh, city of Raleigh issue. It's a nationwide issue, and there's just uh, not the breadth and depth of minority-owned firms that there may be of majority-owned firms. Mm-hmm. And so we had a business advisor uh, by the name of uh, Farad Ali, who uh, at that time was working for the uh, North Carolina Institute of Minority Economic Development in Durham and uh, called the Institute. And uh, he was counseling us uh, prior to our uh, pro careers ending. And uh, just as soon as they ended, uh, we linked back up and talked about the opportunities that uh, that were out there were in four minority owned businesses. And so that kind of uh, directed our path towards construction and how we can make a difference to that space. And as much as we love construction, and we do, it was, in our opinion, a vehicle to continue to affect change here in Raleigh and here around the state and in other states. Um, and so that's that's what we what we decided to do. I think it's interesting. Um, I think it might have been where, and maybe the same article, and we talk about this a lot with entrepreneurs that come on the podcast. And you know, we teach entrepreneurship in the sure. school management and so a lot of times students look at entrepreneurship as this kind of kind of sexy thing sure. and it's glamorous and um, you know what we try to make sure is it is it can be yep. Yep. Um, but it's not always glamorous and I would I would love to hear maybe your perspective on you know you came out the gate with a well-known name sure you had a great reputation sure um, but from what I understand it wasn't a smooth road right no out the gate. no 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 it's it's so funny because uh, I feel like um, our pro careers or excuse me, our athletic careers kind of mirror, especially mine mirrors our uh, entrepreneurial um, career and uh, our career in, um, in, in, in for-profit and non- nonprofit business. And that is, is there's a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't see or they don't know. They don't know the amount of repetitions that it takes to become really, really good. They don't know of the times you were told no or that you were not selected for a project, but they do hear about all the projects that we win and we're awarded. And it's easy to say or easy from the outside looking in to be like, well, it's just hunky-dory and all's going well. And why don't we try it and why don't we do it? Um, A lot of people don't know that when I retired in the end of 2008, um, I decided that I was not going to continue to play professionally in the National Football League. And I started um, uh, more focused on our entrepreneurial journey. And so I spent that time in 2009, uh, a little bit prior to then, but 
really focused on it in 2009 until October 17, 2011, before we opened the business at all. And I spent it with all of the different people um, that I trusted. Um, some I didn't know, some I wanted to know. I was trying to get to know, to really, really learn about entrepreneurship, learn about business and learn about construction business in particular to determine if that was going to fit my passion, if that was going to be something that not just to start, but to finish as well. And uh, did it mirror um, some of the things that um, that that um, for sports uh, feel the urge that urges that we have and that I had. And it does. And it did. And so uh, but it took that time. And a lot of coffees, a lot of lunches, and a lot of dinners um, for us to, uh, to to find our way with uh, starting the company and being where we are now. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, you tied that in so nicely about your, you know, being an athlete, having sure. that discipline and, and not getting the win, right? Sure. And, and dealing with the disappointment of not getting the contract or whatnot. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is so important, again, going back to kind of what we teach the students in the college is is finding that passion and, and determining what makes the most sense for them to really, there has to be something that they just cannot not do. Sure. Right. We had um, several weeks ago, our director of the e-clinic, which we're here in this building, um, Lewis Sheets was on with Vivian Howard, who's a NC state grad. She's a, um, had the pleasure chef. of meeting her. Yeah. She's, she's great. And I asked her, I said, what, you know, how did you know this is what you want to do? And she's like, because there was just no way I couldn't do it. Sure. Do it. Sure. And that's what has driven her. Sure. So I, I'm curious that you have a unique dynamic, your brothers, mm-hmm. which I'd love to dig into that a little bit a bit later, but how have you been able to stay kind of laser focused on the same path when you've had kind of bumps in the road and you've, one of you, I mean, I'm sure it's had happened where you said, look, I don't want to do this anymore. Or, sure. or are we doing the right thing and yes. being on the same page about it? Yeah, it, it can be scary. Entrepreneurship. There's no, um, there, there's no, uh, uh, there's no, uh, rope or not necessarily rope, but, uh, nothing to catch you oftentimes. And, uh, and you're out there and, you know, one of the things that, uh, most recently someone said to me about our business and why they were attracted to come work for us was the fact that we put our names on our businesses. And for them, that meant that we can't hide that right. there's something that with our names on it, we are going to value, like we do value our names. We're going to protect and we're going to do our darnness to make sure that we live up to the things that we said we were going to do. And that was attractive to them. That's why they wanted to, uh, come join our, our team. So, I say that to say that we can't run, you know, and a lot of the things that keep us going is the fact that we are employing people. Uh, we have uh, people do that, that, that also um, uh, are responsible for others. Um, it's the same uh, thing um, in um, relating to our football careers that a lot of times I may not want to practice. It was seldom that I didn't, but it may be sometimes that I just don't feel like it, but it's because of the 10 other men on the field that are depending and counting on me to do my job that I get up at seven or six or five thirty or stay up to three thirty, Like I did most recently on Tuesday night to finish something that uh, someone needed in the morning and I wanted to make sure they had it because I told them that I would give it to them and they'd have it by that time. So it is a lot of that that is the driving force behind. Um, Tori and I are uh, conscientiously aware that we not only carry our names and our namesake, which represent our mom, our dad, our sister, our um, grandparents, yeah, families, yep, yeah, my families, our kids, yeah. my wife, his wife and his kids, uh, but we, but we do so. We carry the pail for other athletes. We carry the pail for um, the National Football League and players that transition and hopefully transition with success. We carry the pail for African Americans. Um, as I talked about the inclusivity that we're seeking uh, in different industries, especially construction industry, uh, we know we 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 carry that when we conduct our business and we do our business. So it's very important that we succeed. And so those are driving forces behind a lot of the decisions that we make, a lot of what gets us up in the morning, a lot of what keeps us up at night Mm -hmm. and why we quickly, um, you know, uh, block out the notion and the interest to say, no, let's not do this anymore. 
you know, so that's, uh, that's, that's what drives us. So how did you come to the decision that you would run Holt Brothers Construction sure. primarily sure. Sure. and Tori runs the foundation is what I'm understanding. Yes. How, how did that come? That is correct. So uh, Tori um, was responsible um, in 2000. I was still at NC State and plan for founding the uh, Holt Brothers Foundation. And uh, it was always the case that he's been that driving force um behind the foundation um and we both again there's not an important decision that he or i make without each other's counsel um but for the sake of balance and for the sake of um some responsibilities and know who does what and responsible for what it just made a lot of sense for him to continue that effort um and for me construction um you know is something that um He's passionate about, but it drives me every day. I'm um, wired in a way to run our construction business and to be uh, consistent or try to be consistent every day and to manage our people. Um, I um, also very inquisitive am the person that seek the general contractor license um, and to learn more about construction and really dive into it if this is something that we're going to be doing. So naturally that set up for me to preside over the construction company. Um, and him uh, continue to run the the foundation. Him, along with our executive director, new executive director, I saw that, in January yeah. of, uh, of of Liz McLean. So we're excited about her coming on board. But it just for our personalities. Um, I'm uh, uh, like I said. I'm I'm uh, we we as much as we are close and brothers and best friends, we are different and have some differences. But it's that balance of our differences that make our partnership work. Uh, anybody that knows us know how close we are, but they know our little subtle differences. Mm. And it's those subtle differences that I depend on when we're facing a tough decision. I want his true, honest, and I know I'll get critique of me or critique of the decision so I can make a decision that's related to our construction company. And the same for him on the foundation. He know, he knows that I'm going to give it to him straight. <laughs> Um, and he, if anyone can, it would be you, anyone right? Can. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. if, and, and, and though I'm not at the meeting with him and he not at the meeting, uh, with me that I have, we have, which, um, we hear about all the time from other, um, entrepreneurs, transitioning NFL players or athletes. Uh, one of the benefits of he and I is the fact that we have he and I, mm -hmm. so I can be somewhere and being representing us and he the same so we can cover more ground and so uh, a lot of times in this entrepreneurial journey it is having somebody to lean on that helps you get through oftentimes it's my wife who I'm laying in a bed and I'm crying on her shoulder or I'm crying about an issue or uh, uh, chewing her ear off about an issue and I know a lot of the times it's his wife that he's laying there with but we can also uh, connect and, uh, and have each other lean on when things get rough and tough. And then by the same token, we can have each other lean on when we have the successes that we have. Yeah. How do you determine when you guys are thinking about projects? And by the way, you're very busy. Sure. sure. I mean, I, I, I knew you were, but sure. then I read some more. And then also, I think just what's happening in our economy. Yep. I, can't, yep. I mean, what a great time, yep. right? Yep. Um, how do you... How do you make those decisions internally about what projects to take and what projects not to take? Do you ever disagree? Uh, yes, we do. And it's healthy. Mm. Um, it's a healthy disagreement. Um, but it's not just Tori and I, it's our staff as well. So we have people who we rely on, depend on to help us analyze whether this project is best for us versus another. Mm -hmm. um, to analyze the cost associated with the risk what we can make, um, how profitable we can be, what resources may take. Um, it's very, very uh, easy as an entrepreneur to have an over overinflated um, 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 thought of yourself or thought of your team's capabilities. And sometimes it's good for you to have uh, people to, uh, to, to reel you back in. Uh, I am a big thinker. I like to dream big. I like to think big. Um, I like to... Uh, think 30,000 feet, where we can go, where I'd like us to go. It's good to have my brother to reel me in. This is where we're at. Mm -hmm. This is the resources we have. This is what I feel like we can do. But it's also good for him to have me because um, we want to be like a rubber band and stretch. We don't want to just be in a box and for us to grow. Um, but, you know, I heard a saying that someone said to me, you're either 
uh, growing or you're dying. And in our business, while it may seem as flat of revenue or your revenue just ticks up a little bit, that's growth and that's good. Um, oftentimes when you're staying stagnant, you're being left behind. And so that's what I try to push the envelope on doing. But it can be tough, especially when the emotion of the organization that you may be turning down or you may support or when you don't have the resources and you think that, gosh, this could make you more profitable or this project could lead to 10 more projects. Um, it can be tough. Um, but fortunately for us, uh, we do do a whole lot of partnering, mm. partnering with larger um, firms, which that expands our reach that gives us the ability to be in more places or do more projects than our own resources would allow for us to do. Mm -hmm. So that's sometimes how we solve the puzzle, but it can be tough to turn down what you think to be a good opportunity, but it's good sometimes when you do that yeah. and things don't turn out well for whomever took that opportunity. Yeah. Um, so and that's, we hear, we so hear that a lot too on the show is that, um, you know, growing too fast yes. or not, you know, kind of thinking it's good to have a thinker and sure. it's good to have a doer. Sure. And it sounds like you guys have that sure. balance. Sure. I'm curious, you mentioned a little bit about this. Um, a few minutes ago, you went on and got your general contractor's license, which sure. is very admirable. Sure. Um, but you weren't a business major. Mm -mm. So what were some of the things that you had to ramp up pretty quickly and learn as you started to create this business that, you know, um, one, I'll take it a stretch further. Sure. If you're talking to a student who's, you know, saying, what are some of the skills that you think are just pertinent to have wow. to be an entrepreneur? Mm, it's a lot. Um, and Vivian I say a said, lot. Vivian said in her podcast, grit. It, oh, grit for sure. And curiosity. Yeah, curiosity. You got to be inquisitive. Um, you can't be scared of what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you got to be always interested in learning. Um, but I jotted a few things down because you were – graceful enough to provide a few questions to guide our discussion today, which is good for me okay. because uh, as people will learn uh, if they're watching this, um, I don't mind saying a few words. <laughs> and so this is good. But what the thing that your questions provided for me and the reason why I jotted some answers down was to give me discipline. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need as an entrepreneur. Um, and that's what helps uh, oftentimes when um, – when things do get tough and rough or when you are faced with, hey, if I take this opportunity, I mean, we can do so much with it versus staying focused and staying disciplined. So focus is another one. Um, one of the key things that sports and athletics did for me, both collegiate and pro, is uh, help me with time management. Um, we all only have 24 hours, even though we try to make 27 or 32. I, I don't know about you. I get 27, <laughs> 28. I'm so, yeah, yeah. So, you, you, you know, that's the one common thing mm -hmm. that, that we all have. It's how you spend those. And, um, you know, I, I am, um, you know, very, very uh, eager to try to maximize my day. But I also have a wife and I have kids that uh, they deserve my, deserve my attention, too. Um, our, our staff deserves my attention. Clients deserve my attention. And so it's trying to balance that and weigh those. Another one is um, from my collegiate days that kind of helped me prepare for this particular role. Um, but I think entrepreneurs should have is, is, is um, um, the ability to overcome adversity. Mm -hmm. um, put, position yourself to face adversity. Some people are like, what, what do you mean? Like, why, why would you tell me to put myself in a, yeah, 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 in a position yeah, where I'm yeah. vulnerable, but that teaches you so much about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and it could also teach, uh, your team about you. Um, and, and, you know, cause adversity is going to happen with the business. I don't care if you're on the highest of highs, um, and you win the project that you want to win. There are going to be times within that project that you're going to be faced with things that you have to overcome. And if you're not interested or willing to, um, expose yourself to potential uh, potential adversity, then you're probably uh, shortchanging yourself on the opportunity to grow because mm -hmm. that's what can come out of adversity. Um, there were a lot of lessons in success and failure, failure that came from my collegiate and pro days that helped me in this role. Um, I, I mean, I could go over so many, so <laughs> many games, so many times I was beat, so many times I won. It was great, but um, 
that there will be times as an entrepreneur um, and from my collegiate and pro days that you're best not good enough. And, you know, how I relate that, there were times in my pro career that I was cut, that a coach or an organization told me that I did not make the roster. I was not good enough to make. Out of 53 people, I was 54 or I was 55. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew I tried my hard and I had done my best. And so there will be times when you put together the best proposal. Mm-hmm. You feel like you have the best team. you just done three projects like this with this owner and this owner or this client tells you, you know what, we're going to select another firm. You have to be, um, you, you have to be strong enough to, um, to overcome that mm-hmm. and to realize that there's growth in that as well. And uh, things can turn out okay even when you wanted something so bad or you felt that you were prepared for uh, the thing that you were getting ready for. There are some lessons in that. And so I was taught that through my uh, uh, college and pro days. Um, people management That's good. Yeah. Is, is a big deal. Um, uh, people are our biggest asset. People is our business. Mm-hmm. People, people, excuse me, are our business. Um, and and if you manage most the, the people side of the business? Okay. Yep, I do. Okay. And um, I am uh, so happy to be hiring uh, someone to serve in a role to lead our operations that I have less direct reports, mm-hmm. but I still feel it incumbent to have a relationship with all of our staff and all of our people. Um, if I'm asking you to do something and we're asking you to do something, I want you to know, if you don't know the reason behind it, I want you to know that there's a person, not, not, a, not, not, a, not a machine, um, that's making these decisions. There's a person that lives, breathes, cries, laughs, just like you. And I wouldn't ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself if I was capable of doing it. The reason you're doing it is because you're more capable than me and you should be doing it and you deserve to be doing it. And so, uh, but yes, people management is big. Um, and, and I, and I learn again that I think can be helpful to entrepreneurs is, um, time is finite. And so it, it makes it of essence because it is so finite. Um, when you think about it, it was a great time in my life, but it was only four or five years that I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great time in my life, but it was only six years of my life that I played professionally. And um, though I did not think about every day um, that, you know, I only got four or five years of college or that, um, you know, my time may be limited in the pros. I think it's important for you to think about that as an entrepreneur because it makes you savor every day. It makes you savor the people that you have the fortune of potentially employing. It makes you savor the clients that you have. And when you do that and you have a, um, a, a passion, a feel to, uh, for great client and customer service, when you have a passion to serve your internal client, which is your, which is your people, um, that just makes you wake up with a different motivation, makes you wake up with a different passion um, because uh, we shouldn't take um, our um, um, place as entrepreneurs uh, for granted because as COVID and other crises can show us, it can be over with very quickly at no fault of your own. Right. And so we should savor and understand that time is finite and it should be of essence. So that was a few things. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think through that, you also, um, you know, inadvertently have also talked about vulnerability. Yes. <laughs> Humility. Yes. Yeah. Those are two bigs. And, and and those are hard. We talk about that within the classroom. Those are those are hard to teach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get that without experience, sure. right? Sure. Um, and the college we have right next door to us is the Entrepreneurship Clinic. And um, I'm going to probably butcher this, but Lewis Sheets, who's the director, always talks about it, similar to kind of like a hospital training ground where sure. we put students through these real world experiences. Sure. Um, so they can be exposed to these many facets of, of entrepreneurship. Yep. The other thing we talk about, and I'm curious to know if this is happening now in your own organization, whether it's the construction company or even the foundation, that there's the element of intra entrepreneurship. So sure. innovating within, Sure. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that maybe they're just not cut out to be the entrepreneur, but yep. man, they can be powerful inside an organization. Sure. Sure. Are you, do you see some of that happen in your own organization? And, and 
Is that something you try to cultivate with your team? I do. We do. We we talk about it all the time that working for Hope Brothers, you 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 probably need to have a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit because we are uh, still a small organization where you may be asked to do multiple things right. and uh, need Hustle to roll. Is part of the job requirement, It is part right? of the job. Yes. Yeah, yes. and you may have to roll up your sleeves and be put in a vulnerable position. But we want we we want doers. We want thinkers. Uh, we want people with an entrepreneurial spirit, but we want people that can innovate, mm. that can pivot, um, that can help Tori and I see where um, we are a little bit stagnant, where we are not being progressive, where the market is going. Um, there's a lot of construction. There's a lot of technology in construction. And um, while um, ultimately you're going to have to build something and it still takes a lot of the old school manpower, woman power. Mm. Um, and people power that it takes to build things and, and minds. But there is a lot of innovation in computer technology in um, building information modeling. Um, and, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff going on in prefabrication. I mean, there's, there's, there's stuff that is taking our organization beyond what it would have been in the 60s, 70s, 80s, or even since we've been in construction, it sure, has changed yeah. a great deal. So we need people that are interested to, um, uh, to, to be on the pulse of that, to mm -hmm. understand that, to, you know, yes, as whole brothers, we're doing these things, but I have some time over here to just dream and dream big and look at, you know, some things that might help this organization go beyond that. So we try to leave room and space for mm -hmm. that. Um, ultimately there's a job to do and we have to do our jobs, but, um, we're not so Tori and I are not so, um, set in our ways. And I think that's what's good about our company. We're so young and so um, interested in, um, in, in, in of a certain size where we're not a big ship that can't mm -hmm. turn and can't move. And we think that can be attractive to organizations. Um, while I know experience is the greatest teacher, we feel like our ability to uh, be malleable and to, uh, to change is a strength um, and a competitive advantage that we can bring to an organization that um, may need to innovate itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's what we try to, um, you know, convey when we get a chance to talk to different clients that we may not done any work with. Yeah. And, you know, we're hearing that too um, from industry partners that come in to hire students. Sure. Um, the agility, um, the think critically, yeah. differently. Um, you know, sure, the soft skills, all of that stuff's important, but they really want, want students that can come to the table and think outside of that box. Sure. Um, and that's, that's different. That's, I mean, back when I, we were kind of around the same age graduating, we just weren't taught those type of nah, things. Do right? a job, right? you know, you do, do a job. job. I, you know, this, we need these done yeah. by the end of the day. Um, I, you know, I give you a little latitude to do it, but just get it done. That's what I am. Um, that's what I'm basing your capability or production on is how many right. did you, did right. you do of these? Um, and it's so different now. I mean, we, will beg the question um, that, yes, we know what we need to do. At the end of the day, um, especially for construction, uh, we got um, clear goals and objectives. There's a schedule that governs the work that we do. There's a budget that mm -hmm. governs the work that we do. But oftentimes our clients give us the latitude to get there. You can get there how you need to get there. And sometimes you have to pivot because things happen. In this current climate, material um, prices are soaring as well as lead times on those materials. So clients are expecting a contractor and organizations to come with some out of the box thinking mm -hmm. because they have, again, finite time and dates that they need to meet. They're willing to listen to the fact that uh, you and it may not happen. It may be tough to, to make it happen, mm -hmm. but they're not interested in hearing that you didn't try or that we didn't uh, evaluate the opportunities that we have to get as close as we can to that schedule. And so that takes critical thinking that takes out of the box yeah. thinking the that problem solving, the problem solving. Yeah. And that's what we are looking for as a commercial for Hope Brothers Construction. <laughs> um, we're looking for problem solvers. Yeah. We're looking for folks that, yes, you recognize it. That's great. Put your hand up, be the person that says, Hey, we got an issue here. But in that very same breath, next, mm -hmm. we want you to tell us how we're going to solve it. Yeah. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for people to identify it, but also be ready and prepared to solve it. 
and be challenged by that, you know, and being in a space where you don't know it all, that's fine. That's okay. You know, we think, and we want to encourage that. That's great to hear. And I mean, that's certainly, I think what we're trying to prepare students to, to walk into. I want to pivot for a minute, if it's all right with you. Um, you talked about this at the top of the podcast and I read about it, maybe about an article back in 2016 that you were, I think one of the first construction companies that hired a director of diversity and inclusion. Not the first. Okay. But, but that was um, still very yeah, early. I, I don't know of, I'm trying to think of any other minority, locally minority owned, um, especially African American owned companies that had hired a director of diversity and inclusion. She was actually a VP of diversity and inclusion for our organization. And if there was one, um, I, I don't know who it was. Yeah. Um, and we were very uh, interested and moved by the individual, the skills that the individual um, brought to the table in our experience with them when they were working for another company. Mm -hmm. So we were really driven to what they brought to the table to include the experience working with diverse um, suppliers. Mm. Um, and so that was our initial interest was, was, was the person. Um, but by that same token, we were also very interested in that. Yes, we're, we're, we're looking to um, afford ourselves all these different opportunities and go talk with clients and, you know, architects and engineers and sell ourselves but we want to reach back and pull somebody with us. Mm. And so we wanted to mirror and marry those two together. Somebody that we knew that was passionate about it, that others knew and were very fond of with our own interest to do that and to deem that very important. And we wanted that person to have the title of a VP because we wanted to show the significance that that person was to our organization. Mm. And so that's what we went about doing when we first Gosh, probably six months into our existence. We currently don't have that role filled. Mm. Um, that person um, moved on as, you know, things happen over right. 10 years. Right. Um, but I can tell you part of the reasons we've not refilled the role is because we don't want it to just to be lips yep. service. Yep. We are very interested in matching that role, our interest to do right by people, um, diverse suppliers um, with a person and people that can help us do that. But it's something that's still very important to us. We do it. I do it. Um, you know, I, I, um, and a lot of the projects that we participate on, especially public, uh, and, and very often now private clients have diversity and inclusive goals. Yes. And, uh, we look to knock those out of the park and we think through innovative ways to do that. Um, and because we do so much partnering with large firms, majority-owned firms, that is certainly something that we suggest to um, first-tier and second-tier um, trades. We, you know, as much as we can with it uh, being not being a conflict of interest, we try to put first-tier suppliers with second-tier suppliers to help bolster their minority spend, make introductions where there might not be a relationship that has been set thus far. And so those are the, some of the things that we try to do to, again, not just um, be a firm that has benefited from uh, um, organizations' interests to spend and uh, do work with diverse um, suppliers like Hope Brothers Construction. We want to bring somebody in the door with us so that they can develop the relationships and they can go on and work with us or they can work on other projects and can bolster and improve outcomes for their families and people that work for that organization. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, so much more than a check the box. <laughs> for right? sure. Right. Yep. Um, living that culture, embedding it in everything to you that you do. Um, I, I certainly applaud you and Holt brothers for kind of weaving it into everything. And I think, you know, today, um, working with students, I mean, they want to be a part of an organization that believes that and sure. not only just believes that they live it. Sure. Um, so I think, think, you know, coming out the gate and explaining that and, and, and making people in your community and your culture understand that I think is a win-win. It's just good business. It is. It's good business. Day. And it, it is, it is something that we just don't talk. We live it. And so we want to be judged by the fruit of our labor or by the people that work for us. 
So we're not just telling you or asking people um, to, uh, to, to buy diverse or look at us. We hire um, diverse suppliers to work with us on our projects. Look at our firm. And right. we have um, a very diverse firm um, that touches on uh, both. Uh, we're, we're ethnically diverse. Um, we're gender diverse. We're age diverse. Um, I mean, we, we, it's something that we care about a great deal. And I think you can, people can talk about it, but look at what we've done. Look at what we do. And it's something we're very conscientious about when we hire, mm. when we go to hire. Um, and so we, we feel like we're not just talking it, we're, we're living it. So I want to make sure I don't miss a question sure. here. Um, I want to talk just briefly about the foundation. Sure. Um, you did talk about kind of how that became to be with your mother passing away at such a young age. I think she was 43. Mm-hmm. 43. I mean, not 44, I can't sure. even imagine. Yep. Um, but the work that you're doing with these kids so they have an outlet, someone that is in the same space as them and they have a support system is amazing. How do you take that work? I know they're separate entities, but how do you embed that community outreach into the construction part of the sure, company? Sure. Well, it's 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 a part of everything that we do. So, you know, we think it's a differentiation to when you're considering Hope Builders Construction um, to do work on your construction project. The fact that um, we care about this community and we've been doing things in this community long before we were um, vying for any construction projects. And I think it just shows our heart. It shows our passion. Um, It shows that we're not just in it to make as much profit as we can and um, take our money and run or, um, you know, build a, a yes, or, 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 or tear tear down a, a, a older structure in North Hills and build this big mansion and, and do that. That's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) It is right. A whole nother podcast. (laughs) But, uh, but, but no, we, you know, we think it, um, we're we're very very comfortable and very excited uh, to be different in that way, mm-hmm. um, and uh, much like I deem Tory to be um, the heart of our business. I'm a big driver and pushing a pusher and is passionate and um, and how much I love our staff and love working with him. Um, he's quick to put his arms around you and hug you. Um, pre-COVID, now COVID, coming out of COVID. You have to be careful, more fist bumps. Um, But um, the same as such for our foundation and what our foundation represents. It's the heart of our entities. It's showing our heart. It's showing our passion um, for uh, things broader than any bricks and mortar or any profit that we can make for our projects. So, so it's it's something that's you know that that is that is very important, and we weave it into what we do because not only from our from our foundation, the work that we do in the cancer space or philanthropic work we do there, it also um, having the perspective of running a nonprofit, uh, it helps us make decisions when we're faced with budget mm-hmm. versus do we set, support this philanthropic effort. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing um, some of the journey that nonprofits have and how much uh, your dollars can support um, the mission of organizations, we do things as Hope Brothers Construction to support mm-hmm. and provide money or provide sponsorship or sponsor different events. So it helps to oftentimes level set and drive decisions where I may say, you know, gosh, it'd be good to, you know, have you know, this money for a rainy day or give a bonus here or, and it's not down to, you know, that fact, but it, it, it certainly helps drive some of those decisions, having a nonprofit when your support is solicited. Um, well, and so. I think too, just from a, a consumer, sure. um, you know, I would be more likely to do business with Holt Brothers Construction because I know some of the profits go yep. back into the foundation, sure. right? Sure. Sure. That's just a feel good. Sure. Sure. Um, especially if that's an area that, you know, is a passion for your heart. a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so let me ask you a couple questions, okay. um, to kind of round this out. So these are just some standard questions we ask, um, when we're doing some of these podcasts, but first of all, um, we have the think and do concept mm-hmm. 
at NC State. You know that well. We know it at Poole. And I'd, I like to always ask our entrepreneurs, do you feel like entrepreneurship is more of a think <laughs> initiative or more of a do? And and given your setup with you and Tori, sure. that might be an easy answer. It kind of is. Yeah. But it's a loaded question, too. I'll say that. <laughs> fair, um, fair. Because yes. you, you, you probably should think and do. That's why NC State says think and do. Some people don't, like school down the road or, you know, right. other schools. They right. don't think and do. But Correct. Yes. anyway, um, it, it, you know, in our business, um, in the old adage, measure twice, cut once, mm. that we're really set up for thinking probably double the time that you do. So that would be what, around a 66% think and a 33% I always say a 60-40 split. Yeah, 60-40 yeah, Depends split. on your personality, yeah. But I, I'll answer this question. Like um, very early on in our entrepreneurial journey, it was probably 80-20, think mm -hmm. and do, because we were putting so much time and effort into what we wanted to do and how we would do what we would do and all of that. And it was less doing now it's probably 60, 40 mm. and it's 60, 40 because we have to be conscientious about there's a lot that goes into a project prior to the construction of a project. Mm. It's called pre-construction where right. it's a literally. lot of, literally, it's literally <laughs> called pre-construction <laughs> yeah. where there's a lot of um, evaluation of plans, estimate, schedule. I mean, there's just so much. I mean, I could just yeah. go on. Um, but if you think about it, that thinking really sets up for a great project and the lack of thinking sets up for you're flying by the seat of your pants, which can be yep. trouble. Yep. So, um, so, I, you know, I, I think there's a balance of thinking and doing that you have to have, but you can also, and, and I can be guilty of this or have been guilty in the past of this is there's, but so much thinking you can do before you got to go. Yeah, you just got to do it. And going back to the timing around when we started um, vying for work and getting our general construction license, which was October 17, 2011, a date that lives in infamy, and I know we're about to come up and celebrate an anniversary for that general contractor license. But um, 10 years. Ten, yeah. So, but what I'm happy about is that. Um, at some point, we said to ourselves, we, we got to go. There's a, there's a different saying, you got to or get off the pot. Right. That, that's the kind of thing, that's, that's where we're at. Thanks and for keeping that clean. Yes, I, I, I'm pretty, yeah. try to be conscientious of where I'm at. But, um, but <laughs> excuse me, but that's where, that's where I think the balance of thinking and doing. Yeah. You, you, you can't overthink so much that you don't do. You can't be uh, the term paralysis by analysis. Mm -hmm. You need some analysis going into a decision, but at some point you, you got to go. You just got to do it. Yeah, you got to do it. Two, two final questions. Sure. What's next for Holt Brothers? Oh, wow. What's next? Um, you don't have to give me all your secrets. No, I won't. No, this is very. But you very, have a lot. Yeah, this is this very. Yeah, so. this is very. Um, this is a very canned answer. <laughs> and, and, and only canned in that it, it's, it's very focused, but it's not. Um, it's not uh, as specific with projects and different stuff, but our focus, um, we're going to be placing a lot of focus on our internal customers, our people, okay. and external co customers, our partners and clients. And we're really asking ourselves the question, how, um, can, um, how can we do a lot of what we've already done better? Like that, that's what we really need to focus on. How, how can we be better? How can we provide an even better experience for our people, value for our partners and service to our clients? Do you think that's a direct result of COVID? Uh, no. no. It's no. always just been. For, for us, where we are in our journey, our entrepreneurial journey, we're, we're at a point where we just need to ask ourselves those questions. And is it through the people that we currently have on our roster? Is it additional people? Um, and we're at a point in our entrepreneur journey is, and, and, and again, um, for, for profit, profit matters. Mm -hmm. And so we're really asking those questions because we want to look at how we can grow our profit from the things that we already do. Mm -hmm. um, and, but, but yet not shrieking on the service that we owe our clients and certainly pulling our weight when we do partner with other, other organizations. And so, 
that's where we find, you know, find ourselves. And uh, to go back to my old football days, it's fundamentals, blocking and tackling. And we just need to do those fundamentals a whole lot better. Um, as far as for um, the foundation, um, it's a, been a climate where it's been very tough to fundraise, especially how we fundraise with the intimate evening, um, the events that we have that are social events, big social events. But we're excited to almost be on the other side of that. Yes. So look out for some potential events. We're going to continue to service our um, Kids Can uh, program participants, partner with our hospitals, work with our Kesem people. And then for me personally is to be the best husband and um, best uh, father that can be, uncle and cousin and all of that and brother. Brother, yeah. And uh, last but not least, um, maybe hosting a podcast hey, if I've done well here. Hey, you know, I mean, I'm auditioning. I, I, I think producers are saying yes. I, I, I need another job. I mean, I, mean, I, I need something else to do. No time, right? <laughs> no time. <laughs> okay, well, this last question is fun. Okay. Um. And it's been really fun to listen to people answer this. We had Chancellor Woodson on. Oh, yeah. He was hilarious with his response, but <laughs> I won't give it away. But, sure. you know, a lot of our listeners are 21, 22. Sure. Um, trying to figure out what the heck they're going to do with their life. Go back to Terrence at 21. Mm. Yeah. Dangerous. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, if you could go back to Terrence at 21, knowing what you know now, what are some of the things you'd tell Terrence? Man. Um I would tell Terrence um, to keep that woman that he had at 21 that he now has now. That's just sweet. I would, I would tell him that first and foremost. Um, I would tell him to um, continue to ponder what you're going to do outside of football. Great career. Love it. But we all know that it will someday end. Um, I would tell him to cherish his relationships. Um, I would tell him to um, uh, really um, soak up um, NC State University, mm. city of Raleigh, because once you leave college, you got to do the adult thing. <laughs> you got to do the adult it thing. Really stinks. Yeah. Um, that's what I would tell him, probably mostly. Um, but I would tell him also that uh, to buckle up. It's it's gonna be a gonna be a rough ride. Um, there's gonna be some highs and some lows, uh, but to enjoy the journey mm -hmm. because the fun is the journey. There's all kinds of lessons in the journey, and uh, I tell him it's gonna be okay. I've seen the other side. It's gonna be okay. As my my dad always says, it's not necessarily the destination. It's right? the journey. Yep. Terrence, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, no problem. Having you learned a lot. Hopefully, you'll come back. Uh, I, I told, I'm looking I for a job. I'm, I guess I'm looking for co-hosts now. I, I didn't know I, I was going to be doing that. I'm but looking for a job. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And um, for those that want to know more, we do have a podcast monthly podcast. You can find us at NC State Pool. You can also find Terrence on HoltBrothersInc.com. You can follow uh, Terrence on social media as well. Yep. I checked it out. You're on all the platforms. I'm on all the platforms. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better to be a better follow. But if you follow me, I'll get better. So it's kind of chicken or the egg. So I'm, right. I'm looking for a certain count of followers before I get really good at it. So. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know, start from where you are. That's right. Well, thanks for joining us. Really no problem. Thank you for having me, Tim.